reaching across the country for the biggest sports news this weekend. From Atlanta to Seattle, from Boston to L.A., this is Big Sports Radio. Larry Cook here with Brad Sturdy, Mike Kegley, and this is Big Sports Radio. We're glad you're with us here on another weekend. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. It's Mike's favorite holiday because he just eats uh, without anybody stopping him. Is that right, Mike? Uh, eat, and then I go drag my carcass over to the television and watch football for the rest of the day. It's truly the holiest day of the year. Turkey pizza. Turkey pizza, baby. <laughs> What's that song? It's the most wonderful time. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But not for not for Christmas. It's Thanksgiving, <laughs> baby. That's right. So we know what he'll be doing. Uh, we know what we're all doing this weekend, and that is watching uh, some really great competition. Let's start with Big Ten football. Uh, it's the big two uh, all the way through the season, still undefeated, 10-0, trying to make it both teams 11-0 before they have the massive showdown at noon Eastern next week, as uh, the late Keith Jackson would say, on the banks of the Owen Tangy, uh, Ohio State of Michigan. Great. I mean, boy, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting time to see this this game because this is a game we've been waiting for all year. If you're a Big Ten football fan, you've been waiting to see this game. Now, I know they don't both have to take care of business against some some quality opponents this weekend in Illinois and Maryland. But um, man, this is it's fun. It's the excitement. I I can't imagine what it's like to be like in those college towns leading up to a game like this, especially in Ohio State, because that campus has to be buzzing uh, for the week for that game. Yeah, and they've they've they want to even up the odds because they got beat pretty bad last year up in Michigan, and there's a real taste to you know to 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 make even up the tables on that. And of course, up in Ann Arbor, these Michigan Wolverines are tired of hearing about how last year was an anomaly, and they want to go in and prove that uh, this is not a one-time blip on the radar, but this is the new world order. So I think it's, we've got the makings of a grudge match um, that uh, Woody versus Bo, we may be back in that era again. Boy, and how big would it be not to get ahead of ourselves, but next week if Jim Harbaugh takes his Wolverines down and wins at Ohio stadium for the first time for Michigan since 2000. You're exactly, and on the other side, yeah, Ryan Day wants to go Avon Drago on these guys. I mean, he wants to just call out the, the chant in Russian, and they just go out and just score 60 uh, on Michigan. You know that it's going to be rocking. We'll talk more about that here in a few minutes. How about basketball? And um, let's start first with the, the team that is not ranked, making a lot of buzz uh, this week. Michigan State last Friday, they got a double-digit lead on uh, Gonzaga, number two team in the country, before losing in the final minute. And then Tuesday night in Indy, the double overtime win over number four, Kentucky. Um, guys, they played the Wildcats even. And in the end, not just one, but I thought they were the better team on that night. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, I'll tell you what. Michigan State's going to guard. They're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. And and they they took it to both, both Gonzaga and Kentucky. They were the more physical team, and they were the tougher team. Um, you know, they, they probably should have or very well could have beat Gonzaga. And I thought they were the better team in Kentucky and Kentucky had a few breaks, maybe to allow them to be, you know, to get it to double overtime as we went forward. So, um, so yeah, I Michigan state's playing over their heads. Now 
their schedule, I think we're going to talk more about this later, but their schedule is brutal, though. Brutal. Yeah, this is this is why Tom Izzo is Tom Izzo, because he takes his team, you know, out and they 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 play the biggest and the baddest, and then they get into the Big Ten. And even in a year that his team is allegedly undermanned, somehow you know you get into that last weekend and they're competing, you know, um, for a Big Ten championship, and they're going to the NCAA tournament. And it doesn't matter what he has on the roster. That's just what they do in East Lansing. Yeah, we'll talk more about that schedule later that uh, Brad was pointing out before we went on in terms of just, like you said, this is just what Izzo does. He just goes after uh, and just works and works. And no matter what, doesn't always get the five-star, um, you know, the, the one and done, though, of course, you know, Max Christie, one and done off this uh, team from last year. We'll talk more about the Spartans and what they have ahead. Uh, number 13, Indiana uh, also, uh, or they were 13, I guess, going into the week. I should say that, um, you know, they're trying to still unbeaten, trying to stay uh, undefeated uh, as they won their first two games last week. Uh, how about Michigan right now? And um, uh, great job by Hunter Dickinson, uh, the Big Ten player of the week, and Jet Howard, the Big Ten freshman of the week for their performances last week. Yeah, you know, Michigan, I mean, they had to, you know, eke out a win against Eastern Michigan. And Imani Bates, you know, named from the past, one of the top players in the country a couple of years ago, but uh, in high school. But, man, Michigan, you look at that, you say, well, you know, it's just because maybe Eastern Michigan's better than everybody thought. Well, Eastern Michigan then went out and lost by 28 to Bradley. So is Michigan that good or is Eastern Michigan really bad? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, and, and Jet Howard is a player that, you know, when I looked at his films, <laughs> I thought he was just unbelievably underrated as a senior coming, you know, into, into uh, college. I thought he should have been probably a top 20 more style level player. Um, and Hunter Dickinson is m one of my favorite players, not necessarily for what he does on the court, but he actually gives you an honest answer off the court. <laughs> and I think he's refreshing because he doesn't give you, you know, the one game, one game at a time. We're focused on our next, you know, team, all that crap. He gives you what he actually thinks, which makes it fun, uh, not necessarily for the Michigan coaches, but fun for the media and for the fans. Yeah, Michigan, uh, their schedule, um, they've got a bit of a break here until they get to the ACC Big Ten Challenge. They will host number 16, Virginia, uh, in the challenge. Then later they take on uh, – uh, number four, Kentucky, that's uh, over in the UK. And then number one, uh, North Carolina as well. They're uh, taking on the uh, defending runner national runner-ups uh, later before they get into Big Ten play. So a lot there. Speaking of schedules, uh, number 19, Illinois. I mean, while we should say the Michigan number 20, uh, number 19, Illinois, with a big weekend in Vegas, they get eighth-ranked UCLA and then either fifth-ranked Baylor or number 16, Virginia. Um, early test for Brad Underwood's team. Yeah, Illinois looked really good in their three games against the Critters, and they've dominated by 30 points in each game. But it, it's a different level here. UCLA's uh, a trendy Final Four pick, um, veteran team mixed with a couple of highly ranked freshmen. And then you, you know, if, even if you win that game, you've got Virginia, who is going to grind you, uh, Tony Bennett, and then, or Baylor, Scott Drew, who just won the national title a couple of years ago. So, man, this, uh, this is a loaded field. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, this is really, you know, going to going to see what the Big Ten uh, has to offer when they match up with some of these other top 10 programs. 
And we may find out that uh, the Big Ten's a little underrated coming into the season with uh, the talent they've brought in. And then I personally think the coaching level in the Big Ten is the strongest in the nation. And I think that'll come through as well. A lot of action here this weekend, uh, and we will talk about uh, all of that. Coming up next, after a quick timeout, we'll go around the Big Ten in football. More on Ohio State, Maryland, Michigan, Illinois, and the sudden toss-up now in the West. A couple of teams uh, that uh, have the, the, you know, they're in the driver's seat right now to get to Indianapolis, and neither is Illinois. This is Big Sports Radio. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-363-7934. 800-363-7934. That's 800-363-7934. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Mike and Brad right back here talking about uh, the Big Ten. Just two weeks left in the season. Hard to believe we were that close to Thanksgiving and then championship weekend, and then it's off to the bowls for the teams that that make it. Ohio State, um, you know, it's funny that Mike was talking in the break just now, um, and Brad, I want to get your thoughts too. I'm still the mind Ohio State is is one of the best teams, if not the best team uh, in the country. Um, but you guys are saying maybe they may be a little vulnerable. Um, if not this week at Maryland, certainly next week at home against Michigan. Well, I think everyone's vulnerable on a given day. I think that, uh, especially when you throw the elements in, like what happened before Ohio state is what the, you know, they are what they are. They're a, they're a passing team. When you get into high winds like they had against Northwestern makes it tough. Now, Mike will tell you that they couldn't handle the line of scrimmage, which is accurate, but that's not their bread and butter. So I guess if you're hoping for, you know, if you're looking for 40 mile hour wind gusts, they're pretty susceptible. Yeah. And I, I think, I don't think Maryland's going to be able to do much against Ohio state, but after watching Michigan's offensive line and defensive line, you know, and then kind of comparing them particularly to granted Ohio state had a poor game against Northwestern, but um, I'm pretty confident that if the Michigan line lined up against Northwestern, and they, the Northwestern knew they were going to run it. I don't think Michigan, I think they still would have had 400 yards rushing. Um, so I, I do think that that has made me rethink this a little bit. But unfortunately for, for Maryland, they're going to have to hope Ohio State is focused on uh, the Wolverine game. Because if they're not, it's probably going to be a long day for Loxley and crew. Don't you think they were kind of focused on the future when they play Northwestern? I mean, uh, there's a lot to be, I mean, Northwestern's not very good. So Yeah, no, no, I totally agree with you, Brad. I just look at it as, you know, um, a bunch of all-American five-star linemen who are thinking, like, I'm going to eat lunch and, and you know, just move around this Northwestern defensive line 
and show them who's boss. And it just, it didn't work out that way. Now, again, there's a lot of reasons why, and I'm not in that locker room, but I do think if I had to give an advantage to the Wolverines, they don't have anybody like Harrison Jr., but boy, they do have some offensive and defensive linemen that that I think will be looking to prove themselves again in a couple of weeks. Well, the Buckeyes, a 28-point favorite going into college yeah. park. You speak of those Michigan Wolverines. Um, and and again, by the way, you look at the you know the the top five uh, in the college football playoff rankings all stayed the same, and that means Michigan stays at three. Um, you know, we've talked before that they began the season with two quarterbacks, and oh my goodness, and you got one guy that led them to their first ever college football playoff, and the other guy is a hot shot five star, and how do you bench one? And you know what? That's that's like so last year. I mean, this team is just <laughs> mowed right through everybody. It's never not a ripple. It didn't matter. I mean, it, they they've been as as flawless a team really uh, this entire season and, and really never been tested. Yeah. It's been pretty good run for them. I mean, you know, you look at, you often look at a schedule and say, Oh, they got to win this. This game will be tough. This can be tough. Well, for Michigan, it really hasn't gone that way. I mean, they've been dominant um, in virtually every game. The only close game, the semi-close game was when they had the fake rally against Maryland. It looks closer than it actually was when you watched it. So they get a test though. I, I will say this. Illinois has a really good defense. So if you're not clicking and you're not sharp, um, it, it's possible you can have you, you not be 100% and you make some mistakes. You throw a couple picks. There, Illinois in, had an interception in a bunch, like a million games, it seems like. I've had at least one interception. I don't remember what the actual number is, but it's a lot. So now the question becomes, I, I don't know if Illinois can move the ball, especially with a banged-up Chase Brown. But I think Michigan has, you know, th- th- there's some – thought they could be looking ahead and against this Illinois defense, you look ahead, you can get yourself in trouble. Yeah. I, I, I look at this week. I, I really think this is going to be the week that the Illinois offense puts the Illinois defense in so many rough positions against the best offense that they will have played to date. And I look, I'm as big of a line I fan as there is, but this game really scares me because Harbaugh, much like, you know, his uh, counterpart at Ohio State, Ryan Day, they're big in let's destroy the team in front of us. Not just beat, but destroy. And I think this could be a very big, this could be a huge challenge. Well, don't forget both these teams, Michigan and Ohio State, they want style points to impress the committee when it comes down to uh, selection Sunday, if you will, for the college football playoffs. So there's no question about that. Uh, Michigan going in an 18-point favorite against the Illini up at Michigan Stadium. Now, we spent the past month talking about Illinois atop the Big Ten West. We can no longer do that. The front runner now is Purdue. After that win last week in Champaign, a very favorable schedule to to end uh, the regular season, starting with a home date against Northwestern. Yeah, you know, Purdue's got a great favorable schedule down the road when you get look at they've got, uh, you know, Northwestern Indiana, probably the two worst teams in the Big Ten. But at the same time, you know, they they still have to take care of business. And I don't think Purdue is is that good. They're good on offense. Their defense isn't that good. Um, and so you never know. Maybe, maybe Northwestern sneaks up and and um makes they were competitive with Ohio State. They played against the uh you know top team in the Big Ten. Um, and well, second team according to Mike, but second best team in the Big Ten, according to Mike. But you know, still I, I think Purdue is uh you know should be favored here. They are favored um by you know. 20 points, but it may be a little closer than that. Yeah. And, and I'll be honest with you. I, I thought Purdue at this point, I, I really was much higher on them 
than they have played. I thought they might come into this game with one loss. Um, and, and they've underperformed um, in a lot of ways. But I don't see Northwestern being able to do much to stop this Purdue offense. Yeah, so, you know, but I'll tell you what, the team that probably, if they win this week, Iowa's at Minnesota. Minnesota's three-point favorite. Iowa beats Minnesota. They have Nebraska to win the probably to win the Big Ten should Illinois lose to Michigan. So Iowa's a team that's in a really good position to win this. And and, and my my gut tells me they're probably going to be a team that when all this dust settles, they're going to end up be playing in that Big Ten championship game at eight and four. That's my prediction. So um, now I think Minnesota is a is a good. These two teams are very similar in the sense they have good defenses. They're going to run the football, play that. So it's not going to be a blowout type game, but um, I, I just like Iowa's defense. Yeah, and going at Penn State, you know, they're playing at Rutgers. Um, I think Rutgers is in big trouble. Penn State's looking for the highest level of uh, January 1st bowl that they can get, and I think they they know they need style points as well. A couple of the games uh, on the schedule, Wisconsin at Nebraska, Indiana at Michigan State, as again, we close out to the next two final weekend on the Big Ten schedule. Hang tight. We keep the party going after this. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio. Well, you certainly want to give equal time uh, here in the first half hour, if you will, of Big Sports Radio. Last week, we talked about Ohio State early. We'll focus on Michigan early this time. We don't want to make no differences uh, in this. The Wolverines, third-ranked, undefeated at 10-0, and and they've got to take on an Illinois team that was ranked for the past several weeks. Uh, but for the Illini, well, again, the, you know, the curse of the college football playoff rankings. They had never, ever been in that before, been in the CFP rankings in the history of the, of the poll uh, until they were a couple of weeks ago. And they probably then lost back-to-back games to Michigan States and Purdue both at home. But let's talk to about Michigan and the Wolverines uh, very aware of the run game that Illinois brings to this contest. Our run wall has been very good. It's going to be tested this week. Uh, <clears throat> probably like none other up to, up to this point. So um, Illinois is, is very strong. Uh, the, in, in the at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, um, uh, outstanding, outstanding run scheme, outstanding uh, running back. Uh, so uh, it'd be a, be a real cha- challenge and a task for our, for our team this year. And, uh, been one of our strengths, um, really both both sides of the ball, you know, up front, offensive line and defensive line. Um, really feel like our offensive line is going to be our uh, tested this week as well. So, uh, yeah, big challenge, and we're prepared for it now. He, he underwent the surgery and uh, seems that he's successful and you know, supporting him and uh, 
and uh, I'll rehab from here. Uh, but very happy there was a successful surgery. You expect you got for the rest of the season? Yeah. A lot on the line for them, for us. Um, and the way we always approach a game, you know, every day matters, but the games count. So uh, putting in our, uh, our best effort of prep preparation for the week uh, in terms of study, nutrition, hydration, training, practice. Uh, and we're really going to have to be beyond point. Coverage, I mean, every phase of the game. I mean, in your opinion, the passing game isn't what the running game is. Um, you know, this, this pass game, uh, I mean, there's an adage in football, you have to make them stop something. If they, if they don't take it away and they don't stop it, then it's kind of foolish to not, not keep uh, attempting to whether it's throw the ball or run the ball, but uh, yeah, I feel good about it. Feel really, really good about our offense. Feel really, really happy um, uh, coming out this last ball game and uh, another, another, another really good performance. I can't remember the last time we turned the ball over, uh, but it's playing really good, sound football. Playing really good up front. Um, yeah, there's things to work on on both sides of the ball. We'll continue to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Illinois is a bit of a test for Michigan if they can, you know, run the football with Chase Brown. But is Chase Brown going to be healthy, you know, coming off his injury? But uh, Michigan's just got too many, you know, they're so solid. Their line play is so good that I think it's going to be tough for Illinois to move the ball. And then at the other end, you know, Michigan, um, you know, it's just they're just too good defensively and too, and they're good enough on offense to do this. Now, here's, here's one tricky thing, though. Cade McNamara had knee surgery out for the season. Does that mean that if J.J. McCarthy goes down, you know, you, you went into the season thinking you got these two guys. What, what happens if McCarthy gets hurt? Does this Michigan team have the horses to get it done? And Illinois has taken out a couple quarterbacks this season um, with that defensive line. But this is really, a, to me, a case study in the difference of recruiting over the last 30 years, but the, the last four years in particular. Um, you've got an Illinois team that's got starters that can compete with just about anybody, but when they get injuries, the substitutes um, are not of the same level versus, you know, the Michigan, Ohio State, the college football elite. It's uh, next four star or next five star up and Illinois is not in that situation. So you'll see some freshmen playing cornerback this week uh, or playing in the defensive backfield. And I have no doubt that Jim Harbaugh will have know where they're at and, and will they will run plays at them to see if the freshmen are worthy of being on the field. Well, Michigan does have this in common with Illinois. Both teams uh, fighting on their own field or, you know, having fights on their own field. Michigan with the back-to-back -back tunnel fights uh, earlier uh, this season against uh, Penn State and Michigan State. And then just last week, Illinois and Purdue getting into a series of brouhaha's as tempers uh, flared early and often in that uh, battle for the cannon, that rivalry game there. Uh, here's Brett Bielema talking about his team trying to get back up on their high horse, get that chip back on their shoulder, and try to find a way to an upset win at Ann Arbor. No, it's it's kind of been a work in progress, you know, since I would say, uh, you know, we played in week zero. There wasn't a lot to talk about in that game, um, but uh, coming out of the Indiana game was the first time I put the Big Ten standings up because we lost the only one we played in, right, and, and talked about, 
the importance of divisional play, where it's at. Um, obviously, as we continue to win, we put it up every week. And uh, this past Sunday, I put it up again and just showed them where we're at um, um, and, and said there's a million different scenarios, like you said, could play out. But the only scenario that's important for us is to go to Michigan. Uh, just like last week, we concentrated on the opportunity to uh, play Purdue at home here. Obviously, there was a divisional title directly in the in the wings of it. Um, we talked about, obviously, what we're going to do offensively, defensive special teams. We talked about the officials we're going to face. We talked about the environment we're going to play in. All those things were a factor in the game. Uh, but none of it was talking about the Big Ten West title. It was talking about, you know, taking advantage of beat Purdue and playing for a cannon and all that goes into that. You got three wins as as a coach against Michigan. And you just, I didn't realize it was one, one at Iowa. Claire, yep. So that's four wins, a lot more than, like you said, anybody else on the team. And in the program's history. What would that mean for you guys to go up there and pull on them off another upset? Well, I think a win would be critical just because uh, of where we are in, in, in our division, where we are um, in uh, jockeying and putting ourselves yourself for a postseason play. Uh, uh, you know, to play Michigan and, and, and to beat them at Michigan, obviously, uh, you know, I think a lot of people talk about it, but for me, I don't see it as any different. Um, okay. Nothing disrespectful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere. I told them literally... If you love college football, which is why you're in this room, uh, you're going to love Saturday, right? Uh, get ready to be in one of the greatest um, uh, home game environments uh, to start the game. They're going to be all excited. One of the greatest things you can do is have the power to control your own destiny and play the way you need to play. Um, uh, so it, it's there's a lot of great venues in this conference. In my office, um, I have on one I want to, on one wall is uh, Indy in the middle, surrounded by every stadium that we play in. Because okay. in, in recruiting, I talk about that, right? Like. If we're recruiting a kid that we're recruiting a kid from Michigan, I'll say, hey, listen, come here, play for me, and I'll take you there twice, twice, two or three times, right? I'll pay for the plane ticket, I'll, I'll give you dinner, and let you play football with my uniform, right? And I use the other team's stadiums as a selling point. I, I know Iowa as good as anybody. I know Wisconsin as good as anybody. I've, I've been able to uh, have success, I think, in everybody's stadium. Uh, we actually won um, when I was a coordinator against Ohio State, um, so, like, there's a lot of great venues that if you play in this conference, that's a byproduct of those results. You know, I think Brett Bielema is disappointed in his squad. I think he thought he had two games there that he could have won with games at Michigan's home against Michigan State and home against Purdue. And he knows if he'd have won those games, he'd been in great position to win the Big Ten West. And now you put yourself in a position where Illinois needs to win out, and that means a win at Michigan and at Northwestern to to get that Big Ten West title. And that's not going to be easy uh, an easy thing to do for Bielema. But at the same time, he feels – I think he's got to feel pretty good about his season and knows that he just wants to go out there and uh, you, know, you, you got to show that – get to that next level if they want to want to win the Big Ten West. Yeah, if he wants to – you know, he talked about how he's not here to go five and seven or six and six. Well, this is one of those games that teams that go – eight and four or nine and three, this is the type of game they win. Um, I don't know if he's got the roster to get that done yet, but my suspicion is, is that the Illinois coaching staff is coming to Ann Arbor with every intention to win. Uh, It's going to take a lot to pull that off in the big house. And the other thing that we, you know, don't really talk about is both Jim Harbaugh and Ryan day have to have style points to keep those voters, putting them in the top four that bodes really poorly for Illinois and Maryland. <laughs> this is true. Uh, a couple of good contests. Again, uh, we are counting down to next week and that noon Eastern kickoff uh, from Ohio Stadium, Ohio State to Michigan. But again, for now, it is uh, 
the Terrapins for the Buckeyes and the Illini for the Wolverines. Stay with us. Uh, we take a look around uh, all of college football and focus in on uh, some of the key matchups this week as we get down to championship weekend here. Amazing to think that it's just a couple weeks away. This is Big Sports Radio. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. Well, college football coming right down to it as we've been uh, talking here throughout the show. Uh, we're going to focus right now on uh, the top 15 ranked teams in action this weekend as we begin to kind of whittle this down and look at um, you know who is going to be uh, playing in the various conference championships, who still has a shot, uh, again, at the, at the making the CFP field um, for the final fourth of college football playoff. Um, and, and, and therefore, so, you know, there's one matchup that we already know is set for December and incredibly uh, it is in the sec number one, Georgia. We know they're going to meet uh, LSU in Atlanta for the sec championship game. The Bulldogs going to Kentucky guys. This was a game on the schedule that Kentucky fans were thinking, Hey, this is great. We're coming off the big season last year. Uh, we're ranked in the preseason. This is awesome. Uh, ticket sales were through the roof. And then last week, Kentucky loses at home to Vanderbilt and the Commodore snapped a 26 game sec losing streak. So, um, and it's really cold this weekend in, and uh, in Lexington as well. So um, yeah, Georgia feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. You know, I, you came into this season, you saw Kentucky, you know, they get that early win against Florida and then they lose on a lose by three to Ole Miss. You're thinking, ah, oh, this team's pretty good. Well, then they've laid an egg against South Carolina laid an egg against Vanderbilt. And, and now they're trying to, you know, I got destroyed by Tennessee. And so now they're getting a Georgia team that this Georgia defense is really, really good. And so we'll see what Kentucky can do, but I, I think they're going to have the one, the one advantage that Kentucky does have. I don't think Georgia's offense is great. They're good enough with that defense. So if you can actually sh- slow down their offense and maybe force some turnovers, maybe you have a chance, but yeah, not likely. <laughs> yeah, the problem is, is if you only put up 21 against Vanderbilt and you're playing Georgia's defense, that's not going to be fun. But I do think it's been pretty incredible how how Kentucky has struggled. And it shows you how tough of conference the SEC is because this, this is a good team. You've got um, number two in the college football player rankings, Ohio State Buckeyes. They're at Maryland, a team that Maryland was the team we were talking about earlier in the year. Man, what a surprise team. Well, don't look now. They're back to six and four, and but at least they're bowl eligible, and then they get the Buckeyes. Probably going to be six and five. Ohio State wants to. You hope they aren't looking ahead for their sakes to Michigan the following week, because they are. You know, we've they've shown that they can uh, not play the best like they did against Northwestern. But I expect them to be clicking on all cylinders heading to the Wolverines next week. Yeah, and the Wolverines will be facing Illinois in the big house, and Illinois has some injuries going on, and. Jim Harbaugh is looking for style points to try to keep that ranking, knowing that either the Wolverines or the Buckeyes have to lose uh, up in, you know, in a couple of weeks here. So um, Illinois could be in for a rough, some rough sailing there uh, in the big house. Yeah. You guys know who has uh, wins over five ranked teams this season. Um, TCU, uh, the Horn Frogs, what a job that Sonny Dykes has done. Uh, they're at Baylor this weekend, but Brad, you were saying that that you kind of like the Bears in an upset. You were telling us a, a moment ago in the break uh, in an upset in this one. Well, I, I think Baylor has a chance. I, I, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't necessarily pick an upset, but I think I could. 
Um, uh, Baylor has a chance. I don't think I TCU tends to play these games close to the vest and, and play these close games. And so Baylor was coming off and they're really bad against Kansas state. There's no question, but I, I think that Baylor is a team that has shown they can compete with these teams and they pull out some close wins. So if they hang around, I think this is a game that Baylor could win at home. Yeah. I, I don't want to sound like a video game host, but you're talking two teams, both in Texas. They don't like each other. They recruit against each other every day. Um, this is just one of those grudge matches, but I'd have to give TCU the advantage, but uh, finding a Baylor upset would not shock me at all. Yeah, t- Tennessee um, at South Carolina. The Tennessee just trying to see, you know, you, your goal is to hold them under 50 because they have been throwing up some serious video game numbers offensively. Uh, they're a South Carolina team. South Carolina team that is just, just good enough to to lose to good teams badly and and eke out some wins against some average teams. So I think Tennessee rolls here. Tennessee is clicking right on that path to be that team, hoping that an Ohio State Michigan loser or TCU loses and they jump into that college football playoff. Yeah, LSU playing UAB and LSU. I, I, Brian Kelly's done a wonderful job, and I'm telling you, I felt like a star was born with freshman Mason Taylor against Alabama. I, I think we're seeing like baby Gronk. Um, and I expect LSU to win this one handily. Yeah. The son of pro football hall of famer, Jason Taylor, the uh, Miami yep. Dolphins, uh, great uh, defensive lineman. Uh, I don't know if there's a team in the country that has a tougher finishing stretch, the number seven USC uh, at number 16, UCLA this weekend. And then they're playing 20th ranked Notre Dame next weekend. If you get, through those two, you they could make an argument. Uh, the one thing that's missing from the Trojans' resume is a win over a ranked team. Uh, they lost a shootout last month to Utah, 43-42, their only blemish. They are the Pac-12's uh, last hope to try to get into the CFP. If they lose either game, uh, the Pac-12 will be shut out. And then they've got to play the Pac-12 championship game, too, against probably a an Oregon or a Utah in that case. So nothing easy for USC. Alabama does have something easy. They are taking on Austin P. Although Austin P's seven and three, I don't think they're ready for the, uh, the, 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 an angry crimson tide team to come to town. Um, trying to prove, you know, trying to get style points because although you think Alabama's out of the college football playoff, all it would take is a couple of upsets and suddenly the crimson tide move up there and you're like, wait, how'd they get, why, why are they so high? And so, yeah, it's just uh, they have that reputation for being really good. And, you know, we'll see. They've lost two games by a combined, what, two points or something like that? Something crazy like – or four points, two games by a combined four points. It's crazy. And you know yeah. it's going to be on CBS during the SEC championship game doing four hours of lobbying. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he's going to run it's for like, president then too. Yeah. It's like a PBS pledge drive as he's on there trying to – trying to get people to vote for Alabama. It's like, hey, Nick, you're 0-9 this year. Whatever. Um, Clemson goes into they're, – they're facing Miami, and I'll be honest with you, I think this Miami team is one of the big letdowns this, this season. Um, frustrating, and I expect Clemson to take care of business, and, and, and they've got to do everything they can. They're still at one loss. They've got the reputation, but they've got to blow some people out to be able to capitalize on upsets above them. Uh, Utah and Oregon, as Brad mentioned a moment ago, these are two teams each with only one loss in the Pac-12 
And let's talk about both of these uh, programs that uh, coming off early season losses, Oregon drilled by defending champion and, and number one, Georgia to open the season. Utah goes down to Florida and gets knocked off by the then unranked Gators. And yet they have, uh, here they are both at eight and two right now. Uh, credit to both programs. And again, the winner uh, has the leg up, um, as Brad mentioned, to be in the Pac-12 championship game. Penn State and Rutgers in the Big, big, big 10, far East, the big 10, <laughs> far East, um, out there. So, uh, the Nindy lions, they want style points too. I mean, they, you know, you look at the, that squad and they've only lost two games to two of the top four teams in the college football, you know, standing. So, um, I think that they're uh, Penn state's pretty good. I think they're going to handle Rutgers on the road. Yeah. in North Carolina against Georgia tech. Uh, I had the opportunity to watch Drake May last week. What a fun quarterback to watch. Got a great arm. Um, I would. I, I got to think they're going to handle Georgia Tech. And he's a guy that, that in the old days probably would be a Heisman candidate. Yeah. Number 14, uh, Ole Miss, the, the fight in Lane Kiffins. Uh, taking <laughs> on uh, Arkansas, the, the Rebels coming up short uh, against uh, Alabama. But, again, still something to play for here. And, and who knows, again, with all the jobs uh, out and about. Who knows, but the Rebels trying to uh, finish up strong these last couple of weeks. The Egg Bowl for them next week against MSU. I, I really love Kiffin's comments when he said, didn't matter how well they played, they lost, and the goal is to win. Kansas State has been winning lately, and they've had some big wins. They're taking on West Virginia. Um, Kansas State moving up to 15 in that college football playoff standings. And so they've had a great season. I think they can t- keep it rolling here with a, their touchdown favorite against West Virginia. Fun times a week before Thanksgiving, the regular season almost done. Bring on the conference championship game shortly and then the bowls as well. Stay with us. Quick time out. Much more to come after this. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation. 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. talking earlier about some of the college basketball games uh, in the big 10 let's get back to that that michigan state team and and what tom Izzle does and why this team year in year out they're always in the mix uh, always a threat to get past the first weekend and maybe even upset their way to the final four um brad you were talking before about their schedule um they just they don't play the usual schedule uh he doesn't mind testing his team several times Sometimes you might go, you know, six and five in the non-conference, and then that's that's why all of a sudden in March uh, they're prepared. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you look at their schedule this year, they've already played, you know, they've already played number one or number, you know, whatever, one, two, whatever, two top four teams, Kentucky and Gonzaga. They're one and one in those games, had a chance to win each game. Now they have Villanova um, at home, and then they're going to play Alabama in that PK-85 event. Out and so then they'll play another team after that, who's a probably a probably get another high major team again, and then eventually 
They get to come home for a more easy, an easy game after they play a couple games out there, three to be exact. Then they'll get Notre Dame at Notre Dame. So this is a this is a crazy schedule. To start the season. The only real critter they play is Northern Arizona. You know, in December they've got a few easier games, but at the same time, man, this is uh, this is why they're successful. Go out and challenge yourself, prove yourself in the non-conference, and you're going to be better when you get to the Big Ten. Yeah, it, it, you know when you when you've done it well for as long as Tom Izzo has done it well, you get the benefit of the doubt, and then instead of just you know taking the benefit of the doubt and scheduling critters. He looks at it. We're going to get this team. Uh, you know, we're going to build this team up. And I'll be honest: if if uh, Maddie Sissoko plays well at center, this team is going to be a pretty good team. And you know, early results watching him play both against um, you know Gonzaga and Kentucky uh, seems like he's elevated his game somewhat. And and boy. They they could be a lot tougher than what people originally anticipated. Yeah, he I mean, he took on the the reigning college basketball player of the year and Oscar Shibway, and as you as you said, played him well um, in, in that game. Shibway fouled out of the game. Now, given yes. his first game, missed the first two, uh, coming off that uh, that knee surgery, that procedure he had in the in the preseason, um, probably wasn't at a hundred percent. Right there. But yeah, the, he was more than serviceable against uh, one of the best big men in college basketball. Uh, you know, so from a veteran, one of the oldest, most veteran coaches, let's go to some new coaches and uh, the jobs they're doing, starting with the uh, in the Big Ten at Maryland, uh, Kevin Willard, because uh, you have Duke and Villanova replacing legends. Uh, Kevin Willard comes in and takes the place of Mark Turgeon and off to a good start with the Terrapins. Yeah, you know. Kevin Willard, they've won all three games by 20-plus points. That's, uh, you know, Kevin Willard's very successful, but before, obviously, at Seton Hall. But now you've got a great, you know, they're after a great start. They've got some tough games coming up. Um, you know, this weekend they've got SLU, um, and then they, you know, they'll play. Well, at one point we thought Louisville might be a tough game. Maybe not now. But anyway, um, you know, they also have Tennessee, UCLA later on in the non-conference, and they'll play uh, Illinois and Wisconsin here in December too. So they've got some tests coming up, but man, you love getting off these great starts and kind of showing that you can, uh, win these games by 20 and, and put yourself in a good position to, to win, win some games and maybe make an NCAA tournament down the road. Yeah. And, and look, you know, that Maryland program is one that really, I think is, is a sleeping giant in the basketball world. They've, they've proven it in the past. Kevin Willard might be the guy that elevates that back to that level. I look at them as being similar to what Illinois can do in the football side if they had the right court, you know, the right coach there, which Brett Bielma may indeed be the right one there. Um, and Dante Scott, certainly he had his share of really good games last year. If he can play more consistently this year, he gives a lot to for that team to to build around. No question about that. And uh, look, I mean, he, you know, has had a good run in his career, as Brad mentioned. Um, you know, I think it was a pretty good hire by by Maryland. Um, and in the Big Ten, you have so many night in, night out, really good coaches. Coaches, uh, Steve Peichel uh, at, at Rutgers, uh, Chris Holtman, CBS just had as uh, one of the top uh, 25 coaches in college basketball. Brad Underwood, of course, Juwan Howard, what he's done. Greg Gard, uh, you know, Fran McCaffrey goes on and on. There's no question. Matt Painter. Uh, Matt Painter, exactly. I heard of him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this, you know, we hey, talk, 
Bruce Weber last week about that. You know, another early guy who's had off to a good start this year, um, Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State coming off, you know, his mm-hmm. second year, but he's off to a really good start. Another 3-0 start and, and, a, and a good win. You know, they, they've already got a win. Uh, they beat Butler. Uh, maybe Butler's not the Butler of old, but that's still a quality win for them um, as they uh, go through their non-conference schedule. Stay with us here on uh, Big Sports Radio. As uh, coming up, we're going to hear from these two um, and a, <laughs> an argument uh, regarding the NFL and the teams they root for. It's entertaining. It's next. If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 800-363-7934. 800-363-7934. That's 800-363-7934. Paid for by Legal Alert Line. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Are drug and alcohol problems hitting you too close to home? Get help right now. Insurance may cover everything. 877-927-3380. 877-927-3380. That's 877-927-3380. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. As we continue here, Larry, with Mike and with Brad, as we uh, continue on our conversation here a week before Thanksgiving, hopefully uh, you've got your, all your fixings ready. Hey, uh, NFL, um, guys, once again, no unbeaten to 73 Dolphins are um, lighting up stogies yet again. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It was kind of a shocker. I mean, that game because the Eagles have been playing so well, but just going to show you how hard it is to go through a season unbeaten, um, especially a 17 game season now. Yeah. And, and, you know, the ironic thing is, is, is that those dolphin players want to keep having a party every time somebody loses. Um, you know, it's, I get, I think they're going to end up, uh, protecting that streak for a long time. I just, I don't see a team being able to go through this long of a schedule and be able to d- stay undefeated. And ironically, the last two teams to start at least eight and oh were the 2020 Steelers and the, and this year's Eagles. Both of them lost their perfect season on Monday night home games against Washington. Interesting. Well, I remember the, 85 bears still <laughs> for that on that Monday night. Like, really? really? <laughs> yep. Really? Yeah. Uh, by the way, while we're at it, how about the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen hurts? Um, you know, here's a guy that just, he gets pushed out of a job um, at Alabama, goes to Oklahoma, has a great season, only a third round pick. And he set himself up to make a lot of money uh, in the future. What a bright future he has. And a, and a very young player. 
yeah, Hertz has been really good. I mean, remember the knock on him was he, you know, he couldn't throw the ball at Alabama, but you know, as it turns out, how about that quarterback room with Tua and Hertz yeah. in it at Alabama? The, no wonder they won, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty good duo, you know. So, um, you know, he goes to Oklahoma and he has a great year, and now then he gets drafted and still got still carried that with him. He's more of a game manager, but he's a playmaker. He's done really well, in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, selecting the right quarterback is so important in the NFL because once you you sign and and your cap is kind of semi wrecked because you've locked in a quarterback, he had better be the right individual or it's going to be a long contract uh, for those fans. And you know about that with the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, But first, Mike, you've got another crazy stat that you were telling uh, uh, earlier uh, when we were sitting down to do the show. Yeah, thanks to our uh, friend Kendall Baker of Axios. Cliff Kingsbury is the only coach in the Super Bowl era. So that's roughly the same, you know, age as me, 55. Um, The only coach with a winning record as an underdog and a losing record as a favorite, Cliff Kingsbury. So as an underdog, he's 17, 16 and one. And as a favorite, he's 11 and 14. So use that when you're putting the money down in Las Vegas. That, that would mean he's 28 and 30. They call that mediocre, Mike. Yeah, that's about the case. But he he knows he has, but he's mediocre with a sense of timing. <laughs> I guess. Well, speaking of timing, no better time to get into uh, your Dallas Cowboys again that, uh, with the whole Dak Prescott thing again. We've talked about how that's how you don't sign uh, your franchise quarterback in this uh, this day and age. Uh, the Eagles got a clap the cap flexibility because of the way that they did things and they're paying their starter for the moment, third round money. Uh, Folks talking to everyone listening to us, I'm, I'm sandwiched right here in between a Cowboys fan and a Raiders fan. And what you don't hear uh, during commercial breaks is the feuding between the two about which team is worse. Yeah. The Cowboys, the Cowboys have chosen to pay their quarterback the seventh most money in the league. And right now he's ranked somewhere around 28th in quarterback rankings, roughly. Um, and then they've got the third highest paid tailback, who is the 29th highest rusher in terms of yards in the league. And then they go play a horrific Packer team, up 14 points going into the fourth quarter, of which the Cowboys are 195-0 and 0 with that lead in the, going into a fourth quarter. And they lose. <laughs> Way to go, okay, Jerry Jones. Okay, stop, stop. Way to go. Just stop. You're six and three. You're six and three. <laughs> the Raiders lost to a team that hired a commentator to coach them. <laughs> if it had been Jeff Sunday, maybe you would have said he had an advantage, but it was Jeff Saturday <laughs> on a Sunday and they lost. Then you throw in, they also got shut out by the Saints. They have Devontae Adams, who was maybe the best wide receiver in the game. Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. Yeah, they've had a few injuries. They're terrible, and, and they find a way to lose. They even, against Kansas City, that chance to – remember when they went for two because they were going for the win? Yeah, I mean, I'd take a tie right now, and I'd think it was a good day. <laughs> and I hate ties. Well, you know, at least Derek Carr, you and him can get together and have a good cry. I mean, you'll be able to let it out and get these emotions flowing 
It, it, hey, it was. I, I don't blame him. Again, they lost to a team that fired their coach and hired a guy off of ESPN to come coach him. That'd be that'd be the equivalent of Illinois firing Brad Underwood tomorrow. Me walking in. No, it wouldn't be Illinois. Okay, how about this? Northwestern fires Chris Collins tomorrow, and then we walk in, and we're gonna and I coach them, and we lo- we beat Illinois. That's basically what it is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good analogy. Yeah, he's got you there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got me on that one. But they've got a beautiful stadium, and they've got a, and they've got a quarterback who has the self assurance and confidence that he can cry in public. There, he's got that going for him, which is nice. All right, hey, one one more thing I want to try to get in before we uh, before we 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 close this. Two up. and seven. Can I just say two and seven too? I forgot that. Uh, at least you're not Yasio Puig, who is headed to prison uh, for, for lying about illegal bets. He pleads guilty this week. Uh, what a fall from grace for this guy. Yeah, I mean, maybe he could play for the Raiders. Um, you know, there's, there's maybe they could that. have him coach. Could he coach he the coach? Race? He might be able to coach the Raiders. What's what could happen? Maybe a winning game. No, that's his sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't do that to me. Don't no, do that to me. I, I don't refuse want to, coach to coach the Raiders. I will not coach the Raiders. No, they are. Uh, Puig, Puig, remember when Puig was like him? Mean, he's like the one of the biggest stars in baseball at one yeah, point. Yeah. Rookie of the year, playing for the Dodgers. He became almost caricature at the end, and now he's in prison. So Yeah. Sir, can I go to Shawshank instead? I, I, I don't want <laughs> I don't want the Raiders. I don't want the Raiders at all. Exactly. Oh, my. Now back to the studio and the guys from Big Sports Radio. Hour number two here on Big Sports Radio. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy along with you. We've got Joshua Ewing on the audio board. Appreciate his talents as always every week here on the show. Glad you're with us as we get ready for Thanksgiving next week. You know, the guys uh, make fun of me getting my dates mixed up. I've been right on target because Mike sends me daily texts that he's counting down to Turkey Day. Uh, that's how I know what, what how many how many weeks are left. How many days? It's the most left? wonderful day of the year. The only <laughs> purpose is to eat as much turkey as possible, then crawl over to the couch and watch football until your wife can't stand it anymore. How could there be a better day? You know, <laughs> it sounds like Mike. That's Mike's life. But you know, the the other side, Larry, is you realize he just he didn't correct you on Halloween. Because he was hoping he'd get candy two weeks in a row. <laughs> it didn't work that way. I tried to explain that to my life, my wife that it Larry said this is Halloween, and she said Larry doesn't live here. <laughs> Smart lady. Well, uh, <laughs> we get into uh, we talked about Michigan last hour. Let's talk about Ohio State uh, coming up now at Maryland this weekend and going in a big four touchdown favorite. That's not ex- unexpected at all. Um, you know, emotional in, in college sports this week with, um, you know, the double tragedies, University of Idaho with the four students there, and then on the campus, University of Virginia uh, with the former football player um, shooting and killing uh, some current football players. And uh, obviously, Maryland and Virginia side-by-side uh, side right there in the DMV, and uh, Terrapin's head coach, Mike Loxley, opening up his news conference earlier this week, talking about uh, the tragedy in Charlottesville. Offering and extending condolences to the, our UVA uh, football family and their program. You know, our thoughts and prayers are with Coach Elliott, who I know personally, uh, have come to know him over the years. Our thoughts and prayers are with him, uh, his staff, uh, their football 
program and then the, the UVA community, and especially to the families that lost children, really personal. Um, when things like this happen, it puts a lot of things into perspective, especially for me having been a dad that lost a, a son to gun violence. Talked about it with our team yesterday, and, and again, again, our thoughts and prayers are with them. Um, as far as the Penn State game, you know, nobody in our building's happy with how things played out uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, I grew up in this profession under some really good coaches that taught me when things don't go well, it's 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 on you as the leader. And so the way we've played the last two weeks is, is on me as a leader uh, to get our team, our player, our program to play up to our standard. And that's what I intend to do. Um, as I said, Saturday, it's not time to hit the panic button for us as a program. Um, I had a good team meeting with our players where I opened up the floor for them. And here's where I saw growth in our team. And, and this is, to me, when we say we don't lose, we learn. When I opened up the floor to our team yesterday to ask, where are we? Simple question, where are we? The ones that I'm sure you guys want to ask. What I got and what I saw was that the culture of this team is, is, is heading in the direction that, that we wanted to head into because I saw a lot of kids stand up and take accountability for their play. You know, this is the time when, when you lose games like we've lost the last couple of weeks. That's where finger pointing starts, blaming starts happening. And I see none of that in this program. And I can tell you being here, this is year four. We've had that happen where the fingers get pointed as to play calling and uh, this guy playing and why I'm not playing. Well, that's not what has happened the last two weeks. And I've seen the leadership of this team when I continue to talk about us taking the next step. Sometimes you think it's tangible with wins and losses. We took the next step with the way our players responded because they're not happy about how they play. And then they took accountability the same way I do as the leader of the program. And so to me, uh, we're, stead we're still moving forward. And I hope that, you know, our fans and our people understand that. And though the losses show uh, different, what I saw in the locker room, what I saw in our team meeting, is exactly what I had hoped to see, and, and it's encouraging. There will be some changes, obviously, like I said, after the game and how we approach things and what we do, and we take these deep dive looks. You know, for me, I look at it as I've got to build our team to win in November. And what does that entail? Well, in this league, it entails being able to win up front, making sure that we have the ability to run the ball, stop the run, uh, when we don't have the advantages of great weather, wetness, rain, wind, those things. And so we've got to build a team that allows us to win. And, and that's what we're doing. That's what we'll continue to do. Um, I'm confident, again, that our team will show up. They showed up yesterday with the right mindset. I mean, what a great opportunity to play a top two team. You know, for me, probably the number one team in the country here at home uh, with nothing to lose. As I told our team, there's nothing more more uh, dangerous than a desperate a desperate man that has nothing to lose. And that's kind of where we are. Um, they've got everything to lose. They've got a big game after ours, I think. I don't know who they play, but they play somebody after our game that it's a pretty big game. Yeah, obviously for uh, for Coach Loxley, um, he, it's personal for him because of, you know, what happened with his son uh, back in 2017, um, killed in the shooting in Baltimore. So um, this is, uh, you know, it's a, that's a tough tough thing to have to deal with. Um you know, and, and it's really difficult for the University of Virginia and those surrounding communities. So now now they got to, you know, maybe focus on, they got to refocus on Ohio State. Um, and, you know, football games are trivial, but it, this is an important game for Ohio State for them. And it's also kind of a signature game for Maryland. Yeah, and, and this is going to be a tough one. Ohio State 
Um, Ryan Day has made it his personal goal to embarrass and run up the score on teams to impress the the ratings uh, organization and, and voters. And I don't think this is going to be any difference. Maryland needs to jump out and, and take advantage of every Ohio State or Ohio State mistake because Ohio State's going to going to try to get the score as high as they can to retain their place in the rankings. And how about what Loxley said there uh, at the end? Said, "Hey, look, you know they have everything to lose. You're right. I mean, you know they may be looking ahead to next week, and so uh, look, Loxley is." been through he's a veteran coach and uh, anxious to see what he comes up with uh, in this game meanwhile Ohio State on the other end uh, certainly Ryan Day asked about how he keeps his team from looking ahead to the Wolverines next week I think it's something that, that comes up every week um, it comes up every year this time of year so what we try to do is is like you said the the uh, competitive excellence focus is something that we talked about early on so that when we got to a moment like this um, you don't just walk in on a Tuesday meeting and say, guys, okay, we got to really focus on this week. Well, we've been saying this all along. And, you know, March Madness starts the first week of the season around here. And so you just have to embrace that and understand what, what it means to bring it every single week. Um, now we're working, you know, the game at the end of the year, every day out of the year. So that's not something that is out of the ordinary to know that that's always in the back of our minds, but that's like that every week. So our our focus right now is on Maryland going down there at 3.30, playing really good football, we have an opportunity to go 11 and 0 this weekend and still not have reached one of our goals yet. You know, it's just sobering, but it's the facts. Um, it's, it's part of that building process week in and week out to be playing our best football in November. And that's what we focus on. And so um, we got a really good opponent here in Maryland. They played some teams really well this year. And you look at um, the teams that they played and the scores and what they've done. Uh, you know, Mike's done a good job of recruiting some really good athletes there. I think Tao Lee is a very talented quarterback. They have some weapons on the outside. And, and they've played good on defense. I mean, I think they're stout over there, and they've, they've played well this season. So, um, you know, we've been in battles with these guys before. You know, we've been in the same situation in uh, 2018. And, you know, we, that game went into overtime. So, um, you know, Mike does a really good job, and we're going to have to play really well. Ryan, you got pretty good depth at uh, wide receiver. How important is that, the reputation of that room in recruiting and, and what you've established here to be able to say whatever wide receiver you or whatever it may be? Yeah, I mean, if you had said to me that that was going to happen this year, um, I, I wouldn't have believed you, you know, but but here we are. And, and that's football. You have to overcome these types of things. And that's where depth becomes critically important and um, understanding that, you know, when you come here, you come here to play. Um, when you play, that's kind of up to you and how fast can you get on the field and how quickly can you get a starter level. Um, but you're going to have a great opportunity, and our guys have taken that opportunity to run with it. Um, but I think you can see the development. You can see the blueprint. You can see um, you know how we do things schematically, uh, fundamentally, the way Brian teaches. Um, and so it's an exciting time to be a wide receiver at Ohio State. Follow-up. Um, that said, what – would Jackson give you right now? I mean, there are people who say, well, you haven't missed anything. You don't really need him. But what would he add to what the offense is? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say now that we've played 10 games um, and not really had him available. But listen, Jackson, um, you know, is one of the best receivers in the country, one of the best, you know, slot receivers I've ever been around. So, um, you know, he's been missed. What's his status, if you can just follow up on that? I mean, yeah, no update at this point. Yeah, you know, Day has a pretty good per, perspective. He calls it competitive excellence focus. That was uh, that's interesting. But uh, you know, here's what it comes down to. Um, you know, 
Ohio State can be eleven and zero, and this after this week, and still not reach their goal if they lose to Michigan. Yeah, and that, he he sums it up perfectly. They have got to you know find they have to win these games, and um, if they don't win these games, then you know th- th- it's a disappointing season. It's really crazy um, <laughs> that the expectations are so high, and uh, and Ohio State understands this, and Ryan Day embraces those expectations. Yeah, and and I do think that um, this is something that. Again, it's kind of the offshoot of, of the way that things are done in college football with only four teams. Um, I don't think there'll be the pressure to, to blow teams out if you get to a 12-team playoff. Um, I think there is some, from a sportsmanship standpoint, there's some huge advantages to 12 or 16 teams. And Ryan Day understands the system. So does Jim Harbaugh. And they operate within that system in a way to maximize their team's chance of being in the CFP. They're doing exactly what you would want your team's coach to do. You're right. Ohio State has been uh, just a behemoth. And the question is, uh, can they keep it going? And, um, but yeah, you're right. This should be um, – I'm looking forward to it. I mean, this is a fun time of year because every game takes on so much more meaning. And, again, um, Maryland, one of those teams as well, Uh, in the hunt and looking for what they will do here in the postseason. Stay with us. Much more to come here on Big Sports Radio. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492. That's 800-816-4492. Lots of news around the conference this week. Big congrats for Michigan Associate Head Coach Biff Poggi, who has been hired as Charlotte's next head coach. He replaces Will Healy, who was fired after a 1-7 start this season and a 15-24 overall record. NCAA men's soccer, three matches Thursday night. Regular season Big Ten champion Maryland, home with Fairleigh Dickinson. The Terps drew first blood on a goal by Stefan Capetti at the 145 mark. Capetti assisting on another goal in the second half, and Maryland getting goals from five different players as they beat Fairleigh Dickinson 5-2. They face 14th seed Cornell on Sunday. Ohio State went into Winston-Salem and Blanks host Wake Forest 3-0. The Buckeyes get 12th seed UNC Greensboro on Sunday. Rutgers, the Big Ten Tournament champion, falling at Penn in their opener 3-0. Indiana making its 36th consecutive appearance in the field. Just incredible. Uh, the 13th seed facing St. Louis, which defeated Memphis in double OT in Thursday's opening round. Shocker of the week. Tiny high point upsetting North Carolina, the Tar Heels, 2-0 to get their first ever NCAA men's soccer tournament win. 
Wow. NCAA Women's Soccer Tournament. Five Big Ten teams entering the field. Only Rutgers failed to advance. Shot by Brown, 1-0 in the opener. All these Friday matches, number six seed Ohio State versus three seed Arkansas. Two seed Penn State versus number seven West Virginia. Four seed Michigan State taking on five seed TCU. And number four Northwestern uh, facing Vanderbilt. Field hockey final four in stores. Connecticut defending champion Northwestern going into the weekend. Two wins shy of a repeat. The two-seed Wildcats facing three-seed of Maryland. The teams split a pair of games during the season. Number one, North Carolina versus Penn State. Nittany Lions in their first national semifinal since 2007. The winners play at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, and that can be seen on ESPNU. Guys, let's get back to men's hoops now. Uh, Michigan, the number 20th team in the land, uh, just getting run out of the building by Arizona State. This was uh, tough to watch. 87-62 Uh, The Wolverines, uh, so hot the night before, uh, shooting only 34% against uh, uh, the Sun Devils. And so the Wolverines suffering their worst non-conference loss in eight years. Back to Ann Arbor to retool uh, for the next one. Spartans going to do what Spartans do. Big win Tuesday night over fourth-ranked Kentucky that will almost certainly put Michigan State in the top 25 for the first time this season when the uh, next rankings come out next week. Here is Tom Izzo after the big win. Yeah, it was a good game. You know, I think our guys... uh... You know, we played well enough to win. We didn't shoot it well enough, but some of that was Kentucky's defense. And we still, you know, what are our concerns? I think that's what we looked at today when we got here. Our concerns are the turnovers. You know, A.J.'s got to do a better job not turning the ball over foolishly. We had some foolish turnovers. Our concern is getting Jaden back uh, offensively. He did an unbelievable job rebounding the ball in his defense. And getting Pierre going a little bit uh, would be our number one concerns. Those guys, getting those guys going. And so we, to my surprise, we got in late. I said we'd have a film session and then we're going to have an hour and 15 minutes. And they went really good and hard. And so that was encouraging. Mati obviously having a great performance, two games in a row. What do you like from him this year? Are you seeing anything kind of different from a motivational standpoint from him? Well, what I like about him is he's up. He's he's been in the process, you know. He's uh, paid his dues. He's worked. He's this summer was very valuable for Monty. He got better in the weight room. Got better with his balance. He got better with his hands. And then I thought that you know Doug has done a good job with him uh, in uh, in the bigs breakdown, and he's just more comfortable offensively, making his free throws. That was his work all summer. Body's gotten exactly what he deserved. And uh, that's the great part about my job. When somebody does that, it's more fun for me. You credited your assistants a lot last night with the two plays to send them both into the overtimes. But what did you specifically like about those two plays? That they worked. (laughs) I love that they worked. Um, You know, I I think we, 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 we said we wanted to get back to the basics for us. And the basics for us is do we defend, rebound, and run? We defended, we rebounded pretty well against a team that's that big. We ran okay. The other thing that we said in the summer, we got to get our special teams back. You know, we got to cut out at the free throw line. They got one last night, but he's good. We got to do a better job with our sideline and baseline out of bounds plays. We got to do a better job at the free throw line, which we did last night. Jump balls, which we're starting to win more of. And, of course, the full court stuff, just have that in our repertoire. So those are all what I call special teams, 
football term, but they uh, they work. My staff did a great job, but the players did a great job. So uh, what I like most about it, though, is they worked, and that's uh, that's always important. Tom, Troy was obviously playing with a confidence last night and hunting shots. I mean, does that just come from seeing a couple go in there? Is there a way you can kind of get him? Well, if, you, if you remember, the first one, a couple didn't go in. The first one crotched up there. It was ugly. And uh, so that was uh, – not good, but what I like about Joey right now is even when he was 0 for 5 on the ship, he was in foul trouble. You know, I met with him after. There was just a different Joey than the last couple of years. He wasn't hanging his head. He wasn't, you know, all upset about it. Uh, and he just went back to work. So, you know, I, I, I said last night, I said it today, I said it to you guys. You know, it's 72 and a you know, great day for basketball. And that's what it was. You know, no wind, 72 degrees. It was a hell of a day. Have you dug in the Villanova much yet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you see? I don't see much. I'm a little tired. But, um, you know, last night I watched some of Villanova on the way home. And, and then, of course, all day today. And uh, typical Villanova team, uh, you know, they... They do a hell of a job of backing you down in with the dribble. You know, Jay Wright was great at it. They've got some players that are, you know, a couple of fifth and sixth year guys. As he always told me, it's, it's more fun to get old than get young. And uh, so he's got some veterans on that team, but he's got some men on that team. I mean, this will be, I think, the strongest, toughest team we've played or will play maybe all season long. Uh, and they've got versatility. They've got six, seven, six, eight guys that play center and power forward that can handle the ball and shoot the ball. Um, they switch a lot on defense. They're a uh, tough team to play against. Everybody got excited, I think, in the media and everywhere else that they got beat by one or two or whatever it was by Temple. I watched that game. First of all, Temple played extremely well. Second of all, Bill Nova didn't make some shots early, then went up late, didn't hang on to the lead. But uh, Temple at Temple was a tough game. And, you know, they're uh, they're missing one of their better players. One of them is going to be out for a while. The other one may play. But uh, they're tough, physical. It'll be the best I can say about Bill Nova. So Sokol can give you that kind of game against the defending national player of the year. Does that boost your confidence level in him, or was it already there? Well, you know, it's already there, and I, I don't think we should make Mahdi yet out to be Elijah Wan, and I don't think we should make our team out to be national champs. I mean, the, the, the unique thing about the schedule, um, we are playing, this will be the third completely different team, you know, and that is hard prep, especially in a short period of time. And that's another reason I give my assistants credit. It, it's a lot of prep work and uh, especially when you don't have much time each each week in between games and with all the travel but the fact that you know Marty is looking more comfortable he's uh, feeling more comfortable uh, the problem was that guy took it to us too he had 22 and 18 or something but but uh, we lived and died with what we wanted to live and die with, which we'll do often, you know. That was Spartans head coach Tom Izzo, and their uh, tough season continues. Much more to come here on Big Sports Radio. Stay with us.
Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the Health Insurance Helpline can help you get it. 800-448-0828-800-448-0828-800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828. You're listening to the Big Sports Radio Network with Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, and Brad Sturdy. Well, a big uh, tsunami uh, hitting the Big Ten West <laughs> in the middle of the country. Last weekend, when Purdue went into Champaign and upset the uh, Fighting Illini of Illinois, which had been all by themselves for the entire season atop the Big Ten West. But back-to-back home losses for Illinois has brought the entire division, it feels like, back into play. Going into Saturday, a four-way tie atop the division at four and three. Purdue taking on Northwestern. Uh, it'd be easy to look ahead, but Jeff Brom says uh, that won't be happening. You know, at this point in the season, a lot of things can happen. Uh, we understand that. And we have to control ourselves. So, uh, you know, a home game against Northwestern uh, is the challenge ahead. That's the only thing that uh, we can focus on. Um, or we're not going to win a football game. What's it like to have the program in this position this late in the year? Well, that's a good thing. I mean, I think that uh, our guys have worked hard uh, to put ourselves in a position uh, to to achieve uh, hopefully a good season if we continue, uh, you know, to play well. But uh, just like every week, there's uh, a lot of football left to be played and. Uh, you know, we have to find ways to continue to improve. And, uh, you know, we've – in most of our wins against uh, FBS opponents, it's been by touchdown or less. And uh, and uh, we, we've got beaten handily a couple times in, in the past month. So I think it's important to just try to, you know, keep working hard to make improvements, uh, tweak the team, uh, make some adjustments, and, and, and try to find a, a way to get better. And that's, that's critical at this time of the year. Evan Hall just – how much of a centerpiece is he for that offense and how much does he, he need to be a focus for your defense this week? Well, he's got to be the main focus. He's a really good running back. Uh, he's physical. He's tough. He's played a lot of football. You know, we have to be able to, to stop him. That needs to be, without question, the central focus. And I'm sure they're going to, you know, give it to him in a lot of different ways. And uh, we're going to have to make sure that, you know, he we don't allow him to beat us. Uh, the, your, your defensive line would appear starting to get payoffs with some sacks and more pressures back there. Well, I actually think uh, they played all year, hard all year long. Um, thought we did a better job in, in the coverage aspect this past game that helped us get those sacks. Yeah, Jeff, uh, you talked about this a little bit after uh, the game against Illinois, but just Aiden's job spreading the ball around after going back and watching some film on it. Well, it's important that we spread the ball around. And it's important that uh, other playmakers step up and emerge and make plays so that the quarterback feels comfortable going to them. Uh, I do think we were better at this that, that this past game that that uh, definitely helped us. So, you know, Charlie uh, has done a great job for us, and he's been banged up, and they had their best corner on him most of the time throughout the game. He's a really good player. Payne stepped in and make plays even when he wasn't wide open. We were able to put it on him. He was able to catch the ball and carry guys uh, as far as he could. TJ stepped up and and, and did a really j- nice job. And there were a couple others that played better as well. So I think. Uh, We've seen progress in practice, but it still has to happen in the game. And uh, like you said, our, our quarterback still needs to um, 
you know, gain confidence uh, to be able to, to uh, utilize those guys. But in order to win, we're definitely going to need all um, all those guys to play well for us. Yeah, I mean, it's Purdue put themselves in position with the win at Illinois, and now they got to, you know, they got to what should be an easier game on paper. But one thing about Northwestern is they have they've done a decent job at the line of scrimmage of late, you know, like against there. So maybe they control line of scrimmage, keep Purdue's off, Purdue's passing offense off the field and, and have a chance. But um, yeah, I just uh, I, I think that Purdue's in a really good spot to to win these next two games. They've got a great favorable schedule. Yeah, and you know, on paper they should have little problem with Northwestern. But Purdue has only been able to effectively run the ball in one or two games this season. If Pat Fitzgerald can, you know, design something that stops Purdue from running, at least you know you have to defend one thing, and that gets to be a lot easier. Uh, we'll see, but but I think Purdue probably wins, and and then that allows them to really have a good shot of being the team that's the sacrificial lamb for the uh, either the Wolverines or the Buckeyes. Yeah, Purdue right now are looking good, although, again, they did lose to Iowa a couple of weeks ago, and so really it's the Hawkeyes who uh, I believe is the way it all breaks out would have the tie break uh, in that one. I, I'm, I'm assuming it's a straight – got to look that up. What what happens if, if it's a four-way or three-way tie? I assume it's uh, – Illinois, actually, because of the head-to-head record, I believe, if they went out, actually gets the uh, – the, because oh. their accumulated record's the best. Okay. So, uh, But they have to be <laughs> – that includes a win at Michigan. <laughs> so uh, – well, that's all. Uh, okay, that's just that. Just win yeah, Michigan. yeah. Otherwise, they go to a televised rock paper scissors contest okay. with the head coaches, and we don't want to see that. We don't want to make fun of that because that actually exists. The rock paper scissors league. Um, wow. Yeah, up. yeah. We but we, we did we did not in, uh, infringe on any trademarks you that know, I'd like to know. You know, back back in the day, we used to play indoor softball tournaments. And they try and speed them up so you'd get to the time limit. And if the game was tied, if you were in bracket play, you'd literally play one extra inning and then it was flip a coin. Wow. <laughs> Loser goes home. <laughs> I played for two hours. What happened? Lost the coin toss. Exactly. Had to go home. <laughs> Just so you know, this guy undefeated in coin tosses, baby. There you yeah, go. Mr. 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 Two Heads Sturdy. <laughs> it was his quarter. <laughs> We talked about last week how I pay officials, so now we just have two edit coins. So let's just keep it rolling. And we will we'll put that on a special video we will sell later. Uh, you know, of, uh, Brad Sturdy's coin flip toss. How you too can go undefeated on the coin flip. Uh, you know, well, you know, it's uh, been <laughs> just more than a coin flip. It's just been um, uh, very lopsided, one sided, if you will, for Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. There's my segue. There it is. Um, the Wildcats, outside of that opening win at uh, Nebraska, not much has gone well uh, for them at all. And uh, now uh, Pat Fitzgerald says, hey, they get a Boilermaker team with a lot to play play for the rest of the season. Uh, Going to have a huge challenge here on the road. Uh, I think Coach Brom's team is playing, you know, as well as they have all year. Uh, great comeback on Saturday. It wasn't a huge deficit, but. You know, they outscored Illinois 24-10 down the stretch and ton of yards. And, you know, obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Aiden O'Connell, he's just been so efficient throughout uh, his entire time there at, at, at Purdue. And, you know, Charlie Jones, we, we competed against a lot when he was at Iowa, but uh, he has 87 catches, uh, you know, for about 5 million yards and is having a great, great year and a great finish to his career. Uh, but uh, what jumps out really is the way their offensive line's playing. 
you know, they, they, they're really physical and doing a lot of things, I think, really, really well, you know, and then the, the, the catch and, and plays that Payne Durham had at tight end, uh, especially last week, were spectacular. You know, just been really impressed with their defense. We've kind of followed Purdue a little bit in our cutups and uh, really physical up front. They did a really good job getting after the passer on Saturday. Really competitive group in the back end. They're going to challenge you in the entire back seven. Their backers are fitting really well. And then, you know, they got explosive guys in the kick game that make it really challenging. And so they're playing with great momentum. They have a lot to play for, obviously. And, uh, you know, we it's our seniors' last opportunity on the road in the Big Ten. And, you know, we expect to put together a great week. Because I'm trying to reconcile something here. So a, a quote you use a lot is, is Einstein's definition of insanity, right? Doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. So, Given your record the last couple of years, I would think changes are coming to get different results. But then a few weeks ago, you told us that, you know, the program's never been stronger. You just had six bad days or now nine bad days. So my question is, you know, do you feel the need to make drastic changes to turn things around right now? Or will there be tweaks or do you think? Yeah, I think that's a fair question. And I think it'll be something that I'll look into after the season. I think right now my focus is finishing the season uh, off. Number one, for our seniors, um, you know, I think that as a coach, your job is to do everything you can to help them go out the right way. And, and that's kind of where we're at right now. Obviously, two games left. We got, you know, after practice this morning, we got nine days, you know, that are guaranteed or whatever it is together or, or whatever. 13, I don't excuse my math. I don't want to insult anybody in the econ department I took classes with. But, um, you know, and I'll look at all those things. I go through, you know, a macro evaluation of everything. Um, I kind of do that. Uh, throughout the year. And then I do the same things micro-wise. But yeah, we've got to be better across the board. It starts with me and, um, you know, incredibly disappointed uh, in, in the outcome and in the results of our games. Uh, there's no question about that. And, you know, ultimately I'm the one who's responsible for that and to create that uh, positive change, get back to where we've been and competing for championships and winning bowl games. It, 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 that improvement, it's got to start with me. And that's been my focus as I've tried to go through and trying to push the right buttons motivationally, trying to Make sure we're putting the right things together schematically, um, you know, here in, in the in this in the in the micro in this year uh, and each week because each week is a little bit different. It's its own separate entity. It's its own season. You know, your roster is different because of injuries and uh, you know performances and you know just kind of where things are at. And then who you're playing, uh, you know, dictates some of that. But you know, some of those you know big picture things will be things that I'll look at you know after the season and you know, do what I think we have to do to make sure we get our program back to where we all want it to be. Uh, and that's to be competing for championships and, and, and playing the way that we've, we've played here during my time, which I'm very proud of, frankly. Uh, I'm very proud of the guys that I've had the privilege of coach and uh, the guys I've had the privilege of work with. And same thing with this group. I'm, I'm bitterly disappointed that we haven't been able to help them get the wins that we all want, but uh, absolutely love the group. They're a terrific group of young people that I think have an incredibly bright future. I guess Northwestern almost has to look at it like they, they before when we talked about you know, maybe a Maryland team that has to look and say they have nothing to lose. Northwestern has nothing to lose here in this game. Um, they're one in nine. Um, it's been a struggle. I mean, what are they four and 18 over the past two seasons um, since they went to the Citrus Bowl in, in 2021? So, you know, it's uh, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough battle. But I, I guess you'd look at it. Maybe they have nothing to lose. So hopefully they can uh, rise to the occasion and make it a competitive game. Yeah, and listening to Coach Fitzgerald, it seemed like he was doing his best Lou Holtz impression of uh, a guy who doesn't have much chance of winning, <laughs> except Lou Holtz was always the heavy favorite when he pulled that thing. So we may have to pull uh, 
uh, Coach Fitzgerald aside and say, hey, you, you do that in winning seasons, um, yeah. not in seasons where you're having a bad time. <laughs> you can't, when you're one and nine, you can't say, yeah, we're not very good. Well, yeah, we know that. <laughs> we know you're not very good. You're one and nine. Yeah, it was great when Lou Holtz when Lou Holtz was eleven and zero, talking about how Navy at one and ten was a great game to, to you know, a great challenge. Great challenge. Great challenge. Our option games hard to handle. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't play quite so well when I heard yeah. it coming off of Fitzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not quite the same. Uh, so uh, Purdue at hosting Northwestern and again trying to uh, uh, get right there. Uh, just in case uh, Illinois uh, loses to Michigan, they want to be in place <laughs> to be right. No there. chance. No chance. <laughs> Stay with us. Much more coming up. Uh, a rant from Mike Kegley is next. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it. If your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a free consultation, 303-957-3092. That's Neon Rain at 303-957-3092. Or visit them at neonrain.com. Join BigSportsRadio.com and get a chance to win cash each week. BigSportsRadio.com keeps you in the know with the latest news of your favorite Big Ten teams and gives you five chances each week to win a $100 cash prize. Sign up today for free at BigSportsRadio.com. Well, we're right back here on Big Sports Radio. Larry, Mike, and Brad. Um, folks, what you don't know is, uh, is the things that happen here behind the scenes. Uh, there are while commercials are playing. And, and Mike Kegley, bless his heart, has just been uh, chomping at the bit to go off on referees um, here in the past few weeks. And Brad and I have held him off. But finally, we have said, you know what? We're going to give in. We're, we're going to allow him his, his platform. Uh, and so, Mike, go ahead. You, you have something to say about Big Ten referees. Yeah, so Kevin Warren, get closer to your radio here because we want you to hear this. Um, the Big Ten has a... billion a year contract to provide entertainment in the form of games to the American public. They hire the best coaches in the country. They recruit the best athletes in the nation and sometimes even from around the world to participate in these sports. And then they hire part-time guys to referee the game this week against between Purdue and Illinois last week, I pardon me. Illinois, a team that had four pass interference penalties the whole season, had five in one game. Two were mysterious. They were like UFOs. You really couldn't see if anything happened. One of them um, was an interception that changed possession. The next play was a Purdue touchdown. There was no contact. It could have been offensive if any needed to be called. This is something that I think both in the football and basketball arena, you need to spend some of that $1.3 billion annually on full-time referees 
where they are trained year round. They are allowed to, you know, be in physical regimen, very similar to what you would see for players. And, and they should have the best referees in all of sports. If, if, a call, if some calls as egregious as this happened during the Big Ten championship game or during the Ohio State-Michigan game, it would put a black eye on the Big Ten and its reputation across the country. This happened to be Illinois and Purdue, so it wasn't quite as big of a deal. But the players deserve better than what they got. And this was the same crew that didn't allow a touchdown uh, that Illinois had, even on replay, and, you know, cost them uh, at least was a contributor to the the game in Indiana. You know, when you have a couple games here and there um, and you have CFP positioning, again, it's not Illinois that it's going to be affecting. But if this happens to Ohio State or Michigan, um, or USC when they come into the league. Uh, those are the type of things that, that, again, you need quality control. You know, you don't, you don't have a Marvel movie that you make me play Iron Man, Larry plays Captain America, and Brad gets to play whoever. So make it better, Big Ten. Make it better. Okay, Mike, you can take a breath now. Exactly. After, after that rant. So, so I'm going to give you my, my, my description. Quality officiating ranks right up there with military intelligence. What do we call those? Oxymoron, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. So, so this is, I'm just not, I just don't think they're very good. I, I agree with you completely. I think the, they should have full-time officials, especially in college football. Um, I don't, with the money that they spend, in college basketball, these guys, I, I think they do a disservice to the game because they're traveling and doing four and five games a night, flying across the country, taking red eyes, going here, yep. going there. There's no way you can do that well. I mean, and I'm not trying to – I'm not even saying that they're bad necessarily, but how do you not – how do you do it well when you're doing that many games? It's like, you know, and, and I, I just – I think they're compensated well in, in these sports. They're, they're paid well. But if they would pay them – and train them the way that they need needs to be done. It could be a full-time job. And then you'd have access to those guys 24 or 12 months a year. And I think it'd be a better, it can make it better. And then they, I think they, they'd handle situations better than possibly they do now. Yep. They're not in a position. The refs aren't in a position to do well either. That's certainly a fair point. And again, this is a product that the big 10 is putting out there across the country. They're paid top dollar and I think you need to give the referees just as much chance to be successful as the players and coaches. And there you have it. Another rant by Mike Hagley. <laughs> back with more after this. <laughs> Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News & World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. 
And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800 Well, finishing things up here on the show, how about Michigan State uh, almost knocking off Gonzaga last week and then earlier this week, uh, taking down number four, Kentucky, in double overtime. Um, Once again, Tom Izzo, uh, he shirks from nobody, no challenge, and so many times they come out uh, on top. Yeah, you know, Michigan State's been seen as like a kind of a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team this year, so... This is a great start for them, and they're you know obviously showing they compete with anybody in the country, and but they've got tough games coming up. Villanova, Alabama to start off that uh, Phil Knight 85th birthday party, and then uh, of course uh, they'll have a couple more in that tournament, a couple more high majors, and then Notre Dame before they uh, head into Big Ten play. So they, it's not an easy schedule, that's for sure. Yeah, but boy, it gets them prepared for the three favorites. You know, Iowa, or excuse me, Indiana, Illinois and Michigan, and I'm sure Tom Izzo will have a large chip on the Michigan State shoulder when they go play those teams uh, with the whole disrespect and, and, and nobody thought we would be in this category. Um, it's another Tom Izzo coaching job, and as many Big Ten fans try to put a shovel and, and bury his coaching career, this guy's got more lives than a cat. <laughs> I think only 67. I mean, he, he's not – Going away, nope. I don't think so. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the other side, at number four, Kentucky. This is why preseason rankings um, are just simply merely guesses. You know, I mean, it's you know, Kentucky's got some issues there, as we were talking a moment ago here in the break. Um, you know, I'm not sure they have much outside of Oscar Sheway, but we'll see where they go from here. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of uh, in the Commonwealth, um, at least Kentucky's not Louisville. The Cardinals. <laughs> Oh, and three. And that doesn't include, as we talked last week, the loss to Lenore Ryan, Brad's favorite female player. Yes, Lenore's quite a player, and, and she owns Kentucky, <laughs> or owns uh, Louisville, rather. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Louisville, I mean, they're not exactly losing to, you know, elite teams either. They've lost to Bellarmine, Wright State, and Appalachian State. So now they get to play Arkansas, Maryland, and Miami (laughs) and Florida State, who is also struggling. But, man, I tell you what, Louisville, uh, it's a rough start to the uh, uh, Kenny Payne era for the Cardinals. And they have a lot to prove, and and, um, it's it's an uphill climb for them for sure. Does Kenny wish life had mulligans? So you could just say, "Hey, let's do this over." I'd like to. I'd like to go back to. You know, I mean, it's it's amazing for for some of the fans who aren't out there. You know, um, folks of my generation grew up with with Denny Crum, 
coaching just phenomenal basketball teams. <clears throat> and then Louisville has just been a fixture in the top 20, you know, for, for decades. And it's, I, I don't know if they've ever been zero and three before. This is just, this is just crazy. It's hard for my brain to even compute. Well, yeah, not zero and three to this competition. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And, and, you know, they've just lived, um, a gifted life with Diddy Crum and Rick Pitino back to back, two Hall of Fame coaches, um, you know, ruling the roost there for decades. Um, and clearly that's not the case anymore. And so 0 and 3 start, we're not including the fourth loss, and that is losing uh, top uh, recruit DJ Wagner to Kentucky. Uh, John Calipari inking him on Monday. And so as a result, uh, DJ Wagner goes to play for the coach who his dad played for not goes in place for his grandfather, who is an assistant coach at Louisville. Uh, so see if you can follow that family tree. Um, yeah, it's been a tough month for Louisville basketball. Uh, meanwhile, um, tough career for Isaiah Thomas. You know, remember back in the day when, uh, and you probably saw it on the last dance, you know, the Michael Jordan documentary when the Detroit Pistons refused to shake the Chicago Bulls hands uh, after they swept them to uh, dethrone them as Eastern Conference champs. Isaiah this week saying that that rift with Michael Jordan still lives after seeing that on the last dance. I, I thought we were past that, but I guess not. No, I, we're clearly not past it, Isaiah. But, and, and I'm going to try to be here. When's the last time we talked about um, Isaiah Thomas? Like, I mean, seriously. So yeah. maybe it, maybe he's relevant again. I can go out. I got to go after the King, go after MJ, you know? So no, I, Isaiah is a uh, interesting character. He's always kind of been a, a lot of people, he's love, hate relationship with him. You know, people, he's from Chicago, but Chicago people hated him when he was in Detroit. He's lives, he's from Illinois, played in Indiana. So all the Illinois people kind of hated him anyway. This is uh, it, you know, it's just, he's, he's been that guy his whole career. And I, I guess I would say that I, I, I side with MJ here. So. I loved when he used to be on TV and he would talk about, well, the eighties were ruled by four basketball players, Larry, magic, Michael, and me. And I would be like, well, how did you get in here? Other than you're on TV getting to say that you were. So, um, I, I, you know, and which is, you know, it's just Isaiah being Isaiah. Um, and that's kind of what we expect from him. Cause the last time, I think the last time he was in the news was, didn't he bankrupt the G league or some league? I think that was the last time he was in the news. So at least this time it's a little better than that. MJ doesn't like him, but that's, we've all known that. (laughs) Well, I'm going to be the, the, the one, not dissenting vote, but a little bit of a different um, view. I got a chance to work with Zeke um, at NBA TV and at the time, he was flying um, coast to coast every week, every other week, to go get his MBA at Cal Berkeley. Um, he has houses in Westchester County, um, which is where the infamous secret meeting allegedly took place with Indiana Brass, Mark Cuban, and Brad Stevens to try to get him to uh, be the next uh, Indiana coach. And, of course, we know now that didn't happen. And at home in Miami as well. Um, that said, was never a Pistons fan and, and therefore was never an Isaiah fan, um, you know, back in the day, uh, respect what he's done business-wise and maybe the whole bankrupting, bankrupting the league, Brad, to your point, kind of woke him up a little bit and uh, he went out and got an NBA. Maybe he's better now, but all that said, <laughs> uh, dude, 
the rift is there. We've heard it from too many people that, you know, there are things you did uh, to, to Jordan. And so um, you knew if look, listen, anybody who watched the last dance, if Jordan was going to take a snub at a restaurant from an opposing coach and use it as motivation, Isaiah, <laughs> you had to know this was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's no question. <laughs> that's why. I mean, but that's MJ. He's the most competitive yeah. guy. He's not gonna love you. Yeah, he's not gonna love uh, you if he had to play against you. MJ is is like that old line. I will, I will let no snub go away before it's time. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he he's got a little file of snubs, and he's gonna he's gonna get a check mark next to every one of them. Real, or, I, real, or and, I, and I took that personally, right there. And that's, <laughs> that's right. everything. That's right. <laughs> they did. There's the wrong kind of. They put pepperoni instead of sausage on my pizza, Mike. Snub, I snub. I took that personally. He's offended that I called a snub perceived. I mean, he's yeah. that made him mad right there. You're exactly. Yep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, Michael's not getting mad at us right now. Uh, Michael, if you're if you're listening and you're getting mad at us now, it's Brad's fault. Sturdy, S T U R D Y. <laughs> we sat together in Maui. Remember. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Let's, I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, uh, not only the whole perceived thing, but if you ever needed to know, just go back and go to YouTube and call up his hall of fame speech in Springfield mass. I mean, yeah, that's just who he is. That's just the way it is. Um, and that's, uh, the way we are as we finish out another show. So glad you're with us as always two hours goes way too fast. Thanks for everyone who stopped by and thanks to you for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you right back here at the same time next week. Um, and it is if we can get Mike up from his turkey nap uh, next weekend. This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports LLC and Revision Sound. We'll be back next week on Big Sports Radio Network. <laughs>